your wave i thought maybe the wave would show it was that, a, you know it was a big wave it was, it, was like, it was like a wax on wave from from <laughs> this side to that side of the zoom screen <laughs> <sighs> it's okay um yesterday a child asked me if i was pregnant oh well you know um, so it's been one of those weeks <laughs> <laughs> it's not the beginning of a new year it was a new school year and it's like doesn't. i was just wearing like jeans and a t-shirt you know sometimes when you wear like an an umpire waist oh the umpire know? waist gets me every time you can you can you can forgive it a little bit but i'm like no <laughs> you should be like yes i'm pregnant with satan's child <laughs> no so it's been one of those weeks. Well, that's fun. Um, and I'm actually like so surprised that it's Thursday. I feel like I feel like it's not Thursday. I feel like it should be another day of the week. Although I'm very happy that tomorrow. I thought it was like Friday, Friday. or Saturday this morning. I was very disappointed <laughs> that I had two more days to get through. Yeah. Instead and of one. Now you and I are a full year older. Woot woot. Yes. Halfway to 70 for me. I'm feeling it. I am too. I I was I had signed up for a dance competition this weekend and I decided it was not a good idea because my Achilles is hurting very badly. Oh yeah, that's probably smart then. Yeah. And it was like all the way in Pittsburgh, and I'm like, yeah. I just want to do all that. I, as your dance mom, am telling you, do not put yourself through that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wait and see. You know, Simone Biles taught me a lot. You got to put your, your yeah, health first. That's true. And I need yeah. to accept that I'm 35 now and I'm not 16. <laughs> You've broken enough bones. We don't need to tear any ligaments yeah. at yeah, this point. It's freaking trophy. <laughs> yeah. But that it's a very important trophy. Yes. A very big Blood, trophy. Blood, tears. <laughs> so um, I'm Bay, And I'm Jay. And this is... The part, the part I don't, I don't get. get. What episode is that? Oh, sorry. I tried to rename it. This is episode 66. Okay. Ooh, 66. Oh, is there something special about that number? I just, it, it just reminds me of, of 666 and it's almost October. So, you know, we're getting into spooky season. Spooky. <laughs> have you like, had your, like have you had your pumpkin spice latte yet? No. Has your like husband? Pumpkin spice. No, he can't because of the dairy free. Well, um, they have they have dairy free options yeah, there. That's true. Can he um, do almond milk? I got an almond yeah, milk latte. Yeah, today, you know, it was very good. We might have to make a special trip just just for the one. I like pumpkin pie. I love pumpkins. I think they look cool, and I love to carve them, as you know. But pumpkin tasting stuff. No, thank you. See, I'm the opposite. I like no, the fake you. pumpkin tasting, but not something with actual pumpkin. I'm not like, eh. yeah, Maybe pumpkin like, pie is the only thing I can handle. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I could eat pumpkin pie, but it's really more the crust. I'm, I could eat just like pie crust. <laughs> really? Oh my God. That's like the worst part for me because it's really? so dry. Yeah. I will see. First of all, I'm not really a pie person. Yeah. Until I got either. married. 
I, I absolutely hated pie except for pumpkin pie because pumpkin pie is the only one that doesn't have like the crust that goes across the top so I was like okay I can eat this like I like I like it when, crust. I'm like I just managed to like cut out any healthy part of anything I'm like with apple pie I eat around the apples and just eat like you eat the filling the jelly well no I eat the crust but part? I like when the crust has like a little bit of the like filling on it so it gives it a little bit of a flavor interesting <laughs> interesting but when I got married my mother-in-law was such a good pie baker that I was like okay I'll give this a try so now I like apple pie I like making apple pie it's fun it is fun it's definitely a challenge because you know everyone's got their special recipe and if you read it online oh my god it's like you're you're on earth in the holy grail in there they're like you have to do it just like this <laughs> and then people judge it so hard they're like when i use this recipe it was flaky and i did oh i know it. people are any, harsh any harsh recipe for anything it's like gets rated down and like oh it needs more salt i'm like well, then put more thing. salt in it and shut up yeah or like maybe you did something <laughs> wrong maybe you should take responsibility i know i know I'm, I'm not the greatest cook or baker but um but i think i can make an okay apple pie but um yeah. but apple pie and it's just a lot of just... it's a lot of apple peeling which is to me the most like the most labor intensive part yes, well then intensive. you just you got to get your husband to do it because that's what i did actually yeah it's not a bad idea or you, you can my mom got my my brother that apple it's like Slicer a thing no it's like this thing like right oh, the, spew, the spooler yeah. or whatever oh yeah. my gosh those things are like asmr for me when you yeah, watch things looks peel fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just like waste apples all day for that thing <laughs> <What's> <laughs> like, apple cider? let's spool some more like like um i was trying to convince my husband that the the thing like essentially for like zucchini and stuff like that where you turn it into like a spaghetti noodle oh the spiralizer is it, well they have one in the grocery store called a vegetti <laughs> v-e-g eddie vegetti <laughs> and he for the longest time like argued that with me saying that that's that's not what it's called there's no way it's Vegeta. called that and i was like it's called a vegetti and then that we saw one in the name. grocery store and i was <laughs> like you see it's a vegetti <laughs> um <laughs> definitely evokes a oh like vegetable something. and spaghetti i get it yes but yes, unfortunately but that's people's not what mind I exactly somewhere else okay yes that's not what most people probably think of when they first <laughs> hear the words vegetti and i don't blame them i don't blame them but uh hmm. but yeah so i'm excited for the fall i know you love the summer but i am excited for the fall well it is nice like that it's a, a lot little of parts cooler of out you know, I went for a walk today and it wasn't so like yeah. my butt off. So I, I will admit, I understand where the fall people are coming from. I just don't like <laughs> it getting dark early. It makes no, me sad. That's true. If it could be the right temperature, but be warm, I'd be all about it. Yeah. But after that whole pregnancy comment, I had to get out there on the road today. <laughs> You're like, I'm not eating for a week. No. Shoot, I've, been yeah. bin I've been binging on Reese's like all week. Well, I did give you a bunch for your birthday. You weren't the only one, my friend. I haven't even I... gotten to your bag, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, when people know you like something, you tend to get a lot of those things. I, I know. And it's, it's, it's a love-hate it's, it's, it's a love-hate. Yeah, it's a I blessing mean, and a I curse. I can't tell you how excited I get when I see that orange and yellow packaging. Really? Yellow? <laughs> Is there yellow on it? Oh, because 
Yeah, it's like mostly orange. So I yeah. That was just orange and like black or brown, but I will definitely oh, take your there's word. There's some yellow in there. Okay. You <laughs> you would be the expert. <laughs> well, who goes first this week? Well, I owe you a two first time. I, I don't care. Because I was wrong. I, I'm publicly admitting this. I thought I was supposed to go first last time, but it was your turn. So you are more than welcome to go first. <laughs> okay. I think so. You did. Do you went first last time? Yes. Okay. Well, I went it, first let's just, twice in a row. Well, let's just do the, let's just do the one. I don't, I don't, I don't need a double. <laughs> you don't like the pressure <laughs> too much? I don't need a double because we're not going to remember, please. I know. Um, It'll be, it was so long ago. So mine is one I've been waiting to do for a while. And I, and a reason why I waited for a while is because I figured you kind of already knew a decent amount about it. So I didn't want to bore you. Um, but it's always been very fascinating to me as a visual person. Mm -hmm. Um, and my part I don't get is inkblot tests and Rorschach tests. So you as being like a psych major and stuff I'm sure you've heard information about this before yeah yeah I mean some I feel like it's much more portrayed in the media than like in reality at least nowadays yeah yeah so first thing must be said Rorschach was a looker I mean are you being sarcastic no oh (laughs) I am not I, I mean if anyone is in anywhere near a computer right now or your phone i'm assuming you've got your phone on you r-o-r-s-c-h-a-c-h he was attractive he could totally be a star these what's his days. first name i believe it's herman let me see yeah like h-e-r-m-a-n-n oh, and okay. of course rorschach is a is a mouthful. it's weird he looks like like he in these looks, pictures it, he looks like like the hairstyle is like today's type of hair. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He looks, it it's looks so like a weird. modern day person. Oh, does Brad P- Pitt play him? I mean, he looks There's like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. He looks like Brad Pitt. It looks like a modern day person with a modern day hairstyle. He looks like a frat boy. <laughs> in, but more attractive. And, and like took a black and white photo. That is what it looks like. He is very attractive. And it really pulled me into that Wikipedia page. I think it's very smart that they put the picture at the top. You know, it really gives you that that look. He is a very good looking young and man. And he's only 102 years older than me and 103 years older than you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's plausible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would totally work. I'm sure he would look just like that today. Well, um, oh, damn, not, he died at He's not alive. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler so, alert. Um, so essentially just, I wanted to know like where the Rorschach test came into being slash inkblot test kind of interchangeable and like where it came from and what is the point of it and like do we actually still use it like you mentioned so if anyone doesn't know the Rorschach test not the character from Watchmen but the Rorschach test is a psychological test where a person's perceptions of ink blots which is essentially imagined just like drips of ink on a piece of paper are recorded and then analyzed using psychological interpretation so some psycho some psychologists use this test to examine a person's personality characteristics and emotional functioning 
and it has been employed to detect underlying thought disorders, especially when patients are like reluctant to describe their thinking processes with their psychiatrist. Yes, like their underlying mm-hmm. thoughts. Are so it's it's named after its very attractive creator. Uh, <laughs> Did we mention he's attractive? <laughs> <laughs> he was Swiss. He was. A oh Swiss- my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. There, I gotta, sh- I gotta show you this pic. There's um, someone photoshopped him on the sexiest man not alive for people. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you feel the need, you can share your screen. Um, I'll just send it to you in the chat. Okay. <laughs> so he was a Swiss psychologist. His name was Herman Rorschach. The Rorschach test can be thought of kind of as a metric for perceiving objects and shapes. And we talked about that earlier in a very early episode when we were talking about pareidolia, Ooh. when we were talking about like the face on Mars and stuff. Yeah. So essentially Rorschach tests are exactly that. Just for, that's a metric for perceiving objects and shapes in um, as meaningful things um, to the observer. Um, the most common being faces. So the idea behind interpreting ambiguous designs it goes back really far. Uh, it goes back all the way to Leonardo da Vinci and, and Botticelli and stuff like that. Rorschach was the first person to really use like a systematic approach um, of this kind. The ink blots were actually created by him too. I didn't know that. I thought that, that he would have found someone else to make them, but he did them and they're symmetrical on purpose. And that was a big part of it. He tested like asymmetry versus symmetry. So he studied 300 psychiatric patients and 100 control subjects uh, in the early 1900s on these ink blots. And in 1921, Rorschach wrote a book and it's in another language, but it's essentially psychodiagnostique, which was to form the basis of the actual use of the ink block test. And that was after experimenting with several hundred different types of ink blots. And he narrowed down several hundred down to 10. So there's 10, there's 10 main ink blots that if you ever see a Rorschach test, they're usually one of those 10, unless okay. they've just been made up for like a movie or something like that. So he died the very next year though. He only, he only died a year after his book had been put out there. Mm. And he had a lot of difficulty publishing the book. It, it, it wasn't very popular and there was very little a, attention uh, connected yeah. to it when it first appeared. But after he died, the test and the scoring system was changed and improved by other doctors. And Rorschach, Rorschach never intended the ink blots to be used as a personality test. Oh, he really? Uh, really wanted it to be used to help diagnose schizophrenia was his main goal. And so then they changed it essentially to, to really get into that subconscious of your personality test. Or as I said, what was it? Thought disorder? Yeah, thoughts, thought yeah. disorders. So, oh gosh, I scrolled and then I lost my face. Yeah, so... Um, in, in 1939, the test was used as a projective test of personality, and Rorschach was just very skeptical of, of the testing being able to be successful of that, so that's why he didn't want it to be used that way. And in the 60s, it was the most widely used test. 
projective test, the Rorschach test. I find that to be so inconclusive. Like, how is no one like, there could be some holes in this. You know, like, I just feel like, you know, like it just isn't as, uh, I don't know, me personally, I would be, I myself am with Rorschach. I would be pretty skeptical that this would be very conclusive. Yeah. I mean, he studied hundreds of different types of ink blots on several hundred different patients. And I feel like it's just weird that people were like, let's go for this, man, let's do this. Yeah, um, like, but what do you see? <laughs> but the fact that it's a test and there's an actual scoring system is the part that I get hooked up on. And that it uses art basically yes um like the fact that it's a test is the part that i find to be the biggest part that i don't get it's not just you and a person what what does this remind you of and then maybe that can be like a conversation starter that to me i feel like i could get behind but there is a literal number scoring system to it and there's a very specific way that it's supposed to be given and that part is like whoa i just didn't get any of that so obviously I'm one of the critics as well, but there are many criticisms of the original testing system and there's tons of research to back up why people don't think that these tests work. For right. example, the, the objectivity of the testers is one. The general validity of the tests, the bias of the tests. The and limited... aren't the pictures different every time? No, it's just the 10. It's always the Oh, 10. okay, okay. I it's thought it was gonna... like a new picture each time. Okay. And that's also one of the things that people consider not as a criticism is that there's a wide proliferation of those te- of the ink blots now in media, yeah. culture, TV, you'll see yeah. them framed or put on things, the internet. So like people have seen them before. So it's not like a brand new yeah. image, like it would have been in the thirties. Exactly. Um, the, the limited number of psychological conditions that the inkblot tests could actually diagnose is a big criticism and the inability to replicate the tests norms um, and that's like a big thing for me is like if you can't like repeat it in the same fashion like how can you truly test its validity right um and it's actually i tried to google this to see if it's still used but it it was used in court-ordered evaluations too um to to diagnose uh, people who were um, on trial and wow. so that was a big criticism saying whether or not that should even be would have been legal and um, potentially invalidating the test for those um, to have been exposed to them by all of those reasons those are <laughs> a lot of criticisms yeah um, it's also thought that the test reliability can depend on details like the procedure of the test like where the tester and the subject are seated um, like what are the words, the introductory words that were spoken? Yeah, it has to be higher. standardized. If I would have to imagine thing. it would have to. It would have to be. Yeah. Um, like what was spoken before they were given the test? Was it just like, hey, how's the weather? Or like, and is every test done? You know, it would have to be done the same way, like you said, standardized to really be valid. Um, verbal and nonverbal responses to subjects' questions or comments, and how responses are even recorded, are a big part of whether or not it's reliable so like i mentioned before i just thought it was kind of like like on tv where someone says like tell me the first word you think of when you look at this picture but apparently yeah, like there's a whole method to this uh so the test is supposed to be used from age five to adulthood 
And I can't imagine a five-year-old really give a great answer to many of these. <laughs> I'm just being honest here. The person giving the test and the subject have to sit next to each other at the table, side by side, uh, with, with the administrator slightly behind the subject, which I also found to be kind of creepy. just like yeah how comfortable are you gonna feel with this dude like slightly catty corner to your like shoulder like what's this about man are you trying to like check if i've got deodorant on my shoulder i mean like are you gonna dandruff on my shoulder you gonna strangle me (laughs) yeah it's just a little uneasy but maybe that's the point it says that the side-by-side seating of the examiner and the subject is used to reduce any effects of inadvertent cues that the examiner might give to the subject like maybe oh, like, a, okay. like a like a little little eyebrow ring yeah like or, oh you did the right answer yeah um so that's apparently why <laughs> so like i said there are 10 each are printed on a separate white card that are approximately 18 by 24 centimeters in size there's an actual size to the to the real official cards okay um and each of the blots are perfectly bilaterally symmetrical so that means that they're symmetrical they have one line of symmetry so the left matches the right they're not symmetrical top to bottom corner to corner so they're bilaterally symmetrical so five of the ink blots are black two are black and red and then three are multicolored, and they're all on a white background after the test subject has seen and responded to these ink blots in this quote, free association phase, the tester then shows them again, one at a time in a set sequence for the subject to study. So the subject is asked to note where they see what they originally saw and what makes it look like that. So like, I see a yo-yo and then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so where's the yo-yo in this? And why does it look like a yo-yo? You know, so that's yeah. like the second round. And this is called the inquiry phase. <laughs> <laughs> so the subject is usually asked to hold the cards and they are allowed to rotate them. And whether the cards are rotated or other related factors, um, such as whether they were given permission or whether they ask to rotate them, may expose personality traits and normally contributes to the assessment itself so i don't know if i'm if they ask to rotate or if they just wait to be given that permission so that's if they're they're bossy that means they have a personality (laughs) disorder (laughs) i have to say i was probably probably be like can i turn this sucker actually i probably wouldn't ask i just do it you know they'd be like ding 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 red flag red flag how does this contribute to my assessment <laughs> you failed <laughs> um so the person the the examiner just has to write down literally everything they say and everything that they do and the general goal of the test is to provide data about their cognition and personality uh, such as motivations response tendencies cognitive operations affectivity personal and interpersonal perceptions um, the underlying assumption is that it, an individual with this is this is getting a lot. This is heavy here, so just get ready. 
Okay. An individual with class external stimuli based on person specific perceptual sets and included needs based motives conflicts and that this clustering process is representative of the process used in real life situations. So I don't know what that means. And I just copied and pasted that. So I'm going to move on. It's a lot from a few <laughs> dots of <laughs> I know. Um, but so, uh, so it's, it's the, the interpretation of the test is, is, um, is not based primarily on the responses. It's like what the individual sees in the content and then they code that content and all of that content has been categorized um, into different codes. There are apparently there are 27 established codes for identifying a Rorschach test, like a descriptive object, a human yeah. nature, animal, abstract, clothing, fire, x-ray. Those are just a few of the 27. Um, and it, it, it's just, to, to me, it's just, it's, it's a lot. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I hate to say that it's fooey. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what we were taught, like that it's kind of, you know, very old and it was based on, you know, someone's opinion and just you know there was nothing you know objective that you could really take from it yeah i definitely criticize the validity of it i do not think that it should be used in court appointed trial analysis right well see that's what i was trying to find i couldn't find that or not i don't think so it's apparently still used by psychologists it's just not used as wild widely as it was in the 60s yeah. I think it's a cool and interesting thing. I think it, it would be an interesting way of getting someone to open up. Yeah. But I think that you could show them a lot of things, not just these. You could show them a picture of a puppy, a picture of a landscape, exactly. a picture of a car crash or whatever, and then really start a conversation based on visual stimuli. Yeah. That I think is very valid in a therapeutic setting, but the numbers, the codes, the tests, I think it's just, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. And I don't, I don't know if we could all have the same answer, you know, one person with the same condition versus the, uh, someone sitting next to him with the same, you know, thought disorder or whatever. I don't know if, how would they have the same answer? They and wouldn't. If, I know. And if that's I mean, a balloon versus a yo-yo, who cares? <laughs> they would both say something completely irrelevant to the question, probably. That might be a clue. <laughs> so I wanted to see what you thought. I was going to show you a couple of them. So oh, okay. Share the screen and see what you thought they Are you able to? Do. So I'm sharing my screen. Oh, okay. And um, they, they are numbered. They are actually numbered one through 10. So anyone can do this along with us. You can just go to, okay, Rorschach.org, R-O-R-S-H-A-C-H.org, and then scroll down and then you'll see, and they are, they do have like official numbers one through 10. So take a glance at number oh. one. We're not going to do all of them, obviously, but what do you think of when you first look at blot card number one? I mean, I see like an evil, like butterfly bat 
type creature. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say bat. It's interesting though, when the longer you look at it, that kind of changes for me. I kind of reminded a little bit of a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. As you said that, I was like, yeah, I can see a jack almost like a bunny. Now I'm seeing a bunny, an evil bunny <laughs> with a tongue sticking out. Do you see that? Like a little Donnie Darko bunny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the popular responses are bat, butterfly, and moth. Okay. So bat, we both said. It says this one is easy. Um, it's with much of many associated stress in dealing with it being trying to understand how to conduct duct a new task. Hmm. Okay. Mm-mm. So block card number two, this is one of the red and black ones. So I immediately see something. What do you see? I see like two people with their hands pressed against each oh, other. Oh, that's interesting. As soon as you said that, I saw it. Yeah. Well, what I first saw was like a, a face with their mouth wide open. Oh yeah, I see that, yeah. Okay, so two humans is the popular response. Right. Four-legged animal. I don't see how that could ever, I don't see this at all. <laughs> Four-legged animals such as Oh, dog, you know what? I Yeah, I totally bear. see two elephants. Yeah. The elephants I can see because it looks like a trunk. Oh, it's kind of cute. But uh, but I don't see a dog in any shape, way or fashion. So it says many subjects interpret the red as blood. I yeah. definitely did, which can display display how the subject might respond to feelings of anger or physical harm. Hmm. Some also associate the blood with power and have sexual responses to it. It probably power. could be helpful for kids, like if they say something really violent or something. You're like, okay. okay. This yeah. kid had seen some things that maybe other kids haven't, but, but I have I to say, I feel a darkness to like every single card. Yeah. Like, just, these are not happy images. No. Even like the, I mean, just like the, the limited choice in it's, color, yeah. the symmetry. It, is there a correct answer to any of these or is it just like, I don't think so. Okay. These are just the popular responses. Okay. So we're going to blot card number three. What do you uh, see? Again, I see two people like stirring a pot or something. I see two people and perhaps maybe a little genitalia. (laughs) They're in a very odd position and there is like some sort of weird object that they're both reaching towards. There's always the random red like hovering over them. Yeah, this is definitely. And there's a butterfly in the middle. And there's a butterfly in the middle. So the popular response is two people. The responses to this card can show if people have struggles in managing social settings and how they interact with others. So I'm going to scroll down well, to we're like doing the, pretty well. the, the colorful ones. I want us to see some of the colorful ones. So this is block card eight. I would say it's red, orange, blue, and maybe light green. What do you see here? Okay, it kind of changed. At first I saw like kind of like a torso, but now I'm seeing like two red bugs crawling up something like a tree or something oh now i'm seeing like a alien head in the middle okay i see like these red things on the side look kind of like mountain lions or something and then the blue and the green is like a mountain this isn't abstract for me (laughs) i don't think it's like an actual scene it's almost like they're crawling up the mountain and then this is like a butterfly yeah so let's see okay 
popular response pink four-legged animal some animal other than a cat or dog well i saw a mountain lion does that count as a cat i think so i saw more of like a bug but you know the longer i look at it the more i see but you know maybe your influence is you know maybe. causing me to say that so it says that the color in this card brightens the mood when compared to the black and white blots. I 100% agree. The change in color also creates a perceived change of pace. Though adding color to the card along with the additional details can overwhelm people who struggle to cope with complex situations. All right. Hmm. Well, let's do one more. This one. Mm-hmm. We'll do block card number nine. This one is like orange, yellow, blue, and red. I see like two dragons like spraying something at each other or seahorses. <laughs> I see one dragon. It looks like a dragon face. You see one? one? Yeah, like this oh, I see horns. The... And oh, then you know what I kind of see? Kind of looks like a bull too. Okay. okay. All right, let's see. Popular human. response is a human. How is this a person? All right, well, I guess we messed that one up. It looks well, unless it's like Voldemort. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what books these people are. Reading. I don't know. It says this card is generally vague, relying on diffuse, muted chromatic features, and indistinct form. This, in turn, means many people struggle with finding anything specific of note in it. I saw something immediately. Though if a subject has difficulty processing this card to generate a response, it can indicate trouble dealing with unstructured data. All right. So anyway, but I figured we might as well look at a couple, but I, I, uh, I encourage you to anyone to just give it a go. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of fun. It is interesting. I just don't think that it really means anything deep. No. Uh, yeah. Like you said, to use it in court. Um, yeah to use it in an actual like like life altering thing like yeah. a true diagnosis whether someone's going to get medication or not or treatment i don't think that that yeah it's a very big leap i mean if anything it might show creativity or like you said yes. get people to open up like in a different way if they're just not willing to just talk about what's going on yeah like kind of a backdoor approach as they call it oh <laughs> um nice because I'm a big believer in stimuli especially visual and I I'm I'm very into how that can help people in therapy for sure yeah definitely Um, but everyone has their own strengths and ways of communicating and learning I mean that very attractive man just (laughs) Herman if only Herman had lived a little longer maybe yeah. he could have like steered it in a different direction but unfortunately yeah. you know they, he died a year after that book came they out man. It up. yeah who knows could have i mean it's still the fact that it's still like you know in movies and film and movies and film tv and film yeah you know it's obviously stayed with us i guess i will so always odd. remember it in batman forever <laughs> nicole kidman was the was it nicole kidman she was the fake therapist and Val Kilmer was Batman and she was trying to um she was trying to therapize him if you will and uh, she was asking him and of course he saw that go figure (laughs) it's funny how certain things stick with like the stereotypes of of um, 
you know, at least with therapists, and I'm sure this happens with teachers too, like, you know, the idea that someone lays on a couch when they go to therapy and yes, you know, the ink blot test or I wanted to lay on the couch in <laughs> therapy. I asked, I was like, do people lay on this couch? And she was like, yeah, sometimes. And I was like, can I lay on the couch? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I don't want to lay on the couch. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> it was too strange. I just wanted to see if I could. It was just, yeah, because really they're weird. like, I wanted to. Up all exactly. And you're just like, exactly. I'm in my work clothes. Although now like, you can do it on Zoom, right? Oh, that's actually a great idea. I could just put my laptop on my stomach. I mean, I, you might be like, <laughs> why are you so close to the camera? <laughs> but <laughs> tilt that screen up high. <laughs> I can see up your nose. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, so that's my, that, that was my topic. I hope for, we all learned something. I, I did because, you know, in, in, in our psych classes, they kind of cover it maybe for like one like a class. Second. Yeah, exactly. They're like, okay. And that was a long time ago. We don't do that anymore because it doesn't yeah. work. And I'm like, okay. But I think we'll it's just talk like about when it. Learn, when you learn history in school, like yeah. you, I feel like just all of the terrible things that were done to people in the medical profession, especially the mental health medical profession. Yeah. Like we need to know so yeah. that those things are never done again. Seriously. Yeah. There's a lot of problems with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my topic is actually uh, based on very local uh, events. Oh. Um, uh, well, one event that's very bizarre it's like well I have to cover this um have you heard about the zebras that have been roaming around PG County no but I heard there was a giant four foot python oh in PG County just in a park oh zebras yeah <laughs> um excuse me Jay but they're called zebras <laughs> oh, let's sorry. get it right zebras <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what? i was like okay i have to so go well tell pg county is in what state oh sorry people are like that are not in maryland uh prince george's county in uh in maryland so more specifically upper upper marlboro mm-hmm. um and then even more specifically a town called croom which when i looked it up it is a very um like like not very populated area okay so more rural yeah it used to be a um like a lot of tobacco farms apparently were there yeah well that's why upper marlboro oh oh my god i did not even make that connection (laughs) (laughs) it's okay it's okay i was like oh it just happens to be the same name as the cigarette company (laughs) (laughs) i could be wrong but that's gotta be it because i've heard that before yeah um so on August 31st, 2021, five zebras escaped from a farm in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. They belong to Jerry Holly, who is a wealthy breeder and trader of exotic animals. Um, he has, I think, about like 39 of them. Whoa! How, no. many, how many acres? Okay. That how humane is this? What's that? How humane is that? Because you know. need a certain Apparently, amount of acreage. They were, he had them legally and I'm sure in Maryland, it was, you know, this, this goes back to my other topic of um, 
you know exotic what, animals yeah who has the right to own exactly what Ugh. and i'm starting to think they should change these laws because uh, you think guess 39? what they they still haven't caught these damn zebras so oh, i'm sure they're incredibly fast oh yeah and obviously <laughs> you can't approach them um, yeah because they're probably very scared i wonder if they would run from him though i think so I don't know. So what they did is animal control set up this, like these feeding stations and then they okay. have this like enclosure and um, I think they're monitoring it with like cameras. So I think once they, I guess all go into this or at least a few go in here into this and, you know, it's basically it's a bunch of like mobile set up. I don't know, but it's been almost a month folks. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was, they split up. There was a group, there's a group of three and a group of two. Um, and there's been a few pictures of like, <laughs> and some 911 calls. And this one woman was like, ma'am, I, I swear I'm not drinking. I'm not a drug, <laughs> but there is a zebra. <laughs> I just saw a zebra <laughs> running through my yard. <laughs> Can you imagine? Could you imagine? You're like taking out the trash. Yeah, but um so yeah, they're still on the loose, but um, the the thing that comforts me is that like, it's not like they're in, in DC or like in a city. I mean, granted, they're not far from one, but I'm hoping they'll just like kind of roam around the woods and then come back eventually. Um, yeah, there was this one family, like it, it was on Twitter and I think they were interviewed on NBC Washington and they um the kids got really excited they dressed them up in little zebra outfits and then they went like looking for the zebras wow. and they were about to turn away and then they they saw one and they were so excited <laughs> it was really cute um but yeah so but I was like this doesn't seem like very good climate like to have zebras in but yeah I don't know I guess if you're that rich you can you know make it work so um, since that, that story in itself was kind of short and it's still an open case, um, <laughs> I, I decided to, to look into other like weird uh, animal escapes, which there have been a lot of them, oh um, God, mostly from zoos. Yeah. Um, Did you, were you going to do that one where that guy like let them all free? No, I read that one and I remember like hearing about that in Tiger King and I was like, that's too depressing. Yeah. I tried to stick with the funnier, like, okay, good. <laughs> lighthearted ones. Nice. You know how I am with the animals. Yes. Well, after <laughs> I did the zoo story. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, going back to 1935, there's conflicting stories of like the validity of this story, but <laughs> um over 150 racist monkeys escaped a no i'm sorry rhesus monkeys escaped mm -hmm. a zoo in long island um so the zookeeper basically went in their enclosure was surrounded by this moat and so oh, okay. to get to get over the water he the zookeeper put like a board over it and walked across and then apparently Oh the monkeys gosh. walked across the other way and hightailed it out of there. <laughs> and apparently they were led by a monkey named Capone. Of course <laughs> they were. And so all these monkeys escaped. 
we don't really know how many came back or were returned, but apparently oh free my. season passes were offered for anyone who returned the monk. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, like I don't want to go to this. Facility. I know you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> like you, I I have your monkey. I don't need to go I see don't it. Don't want to go there. Yeah, like jeez. Um, so these are kind of in <laughs> random order. <laughs> <laughs> um in 2005 this is one of my favorites a, an african flamingo escaped from a zoo in kansas um and was actually spotted eight years later by a bird Whoa. watcher uh, named neil hayward on the gulf coast of texas over 650 miles away and wow. oh, this is so sweet the, the the flamingo paired up with another flamingo who had escaped from a mexican nature reserve how, so how, how do they know which one is which they oh, must probably they must have some sort know. of tag or mark or something oh yeah i'm sure they have some or maybe it, well i guess they don't do maybe now they do chips but i don't know but um but the zoo was like you know what we'll just let him enjoy his life at this point well i hope yeah. as long well if he lived that long on his own yeah clearly he um he wasn't struggling yeah yeah he, hopefully yeah he's just like you know what i'm just gonna i'm good <laughs> fly south like all the other birds <laughs> but yeah that was like oh it, 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 it you know makes me think about your zoo topic and it does make me sad that it's like just like leave these animals alone <laughs> um in 1985 an orangutan named ken allen <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I, I'm assuming that was a real person, and they were like, "Hey, can I guess?" But it's kind of like an old white man. <laughs> like it just sounds like like a plumber. I don't know. Like it's just such a funny name to give to an orangutan. It's not very like big and bad. But so he escaped the San Diego Zoo multiple times. Oh gosh. Um, at one point, he, wasn't meant to be. At that point, yeah. <laughs> At one point, he went to another orangutan's like enclosure and started throwing rocks at him. <laughs> Apparently, yes. not a fan of that. The other orangutan, um, but the staff could not figure out how he climbed the wall because there was no like places to grab or to like any holes for his, you know, his hands or feet. Well, he had a lot of spare time on yeah. his hands. Well, he must have been really smart because whenever anyone was watching, he wouldn't do it. And they went as far as to go undercover as tourists to see, like, <sighs> to try to figure out how he did it. And wow. he still knew, like, who they were or yeah. not to do it in front of anyone. And yeah. then finally, they hired a professional rock climber and had to spend $40,000 to remodel um you know wow to remodel his little pen in order to prevent him from escaping again well if so. people can break out of prison you have to imagine that some of these primates have the ability to figure these things out i mean they have opposable thumbs they can yeah. open and close and it's, things it's like they don't it's not in their nature to be in you know enclosed like enclosed. that yeah so they're, they're going to do everything in 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 their nature to, to get out and they're they're built to climb into mm -hmm. you know they're <laughs> they're a lot stronger than we are so we oh, yeah. shouldn't underestimate them um 
2013, a wild tiger uh, showed up at a zoo in India and they're like, all right, well, just come on in. And they used <laughs> <laughs> it was like the opposite of an escape. I was um, like, I want some food, please. Yeah. So they used I'm him hungry. to mate. <laughs> yeah. He was used to mate with a female tiger. And then after a few weeks, he decided he was done with them and he escaped back into the wild. <laughs> just like a man. <laughs> I know. Right. He gets what he wants and then he leaves. Hit him and quit him, man. And then the woman is stuck with the babies. No. I know. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was a, a he was like, all right, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, clearly they didn't care. Um, in 2012, uh, a Humboldt penguin named 337, I guess they gave oh, wow. up on giving. Very, very creative names. name there. Yeah. Well, I there's know. probably a lot of them. I'm guessing. Yeah, right. He scaled a wall and then squeezed through a hole in a fence at a Tokyo, um, oh, I'm sorry, at Tokyo Sea Life Park. He was recovered two months later and he was found to be in good health and had managed to hunt successfully and maintain oh, his weight. Oh. oh, wow. So it's like kind of putting like those, you know, how like the, um, the animals in captivity like can't like succeed in the wild. This is kind of like putting that all the questions poo-pooing that a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. so it's i guess it depends on the animal and the species i'm guessing yeah. yeah and yeah and where they get out too yeah like considering the temperature and stuff yeah but i'm like wow how can it, like a penguin like scale a wall you know <laughs> i know talk about not having opposable thumbs or any fingers <laughs> it can flutter a little bit right but they yeah, can't quite fly true. like a chicken. Yeah, like I just picture him just hopping, <laughs> hopping around. Uh, um, in 2013, a, an 11-month-old red panda named Rusty escaped uh, the National Zoo here in D.C. Nice. Uh, basically, a heavy rain um, caused the trees to get weighed down so that he was able to reach one of the branches and um you know climb up the tree and he I wonder got if about... I've seen Rusty what's that I wonder if we've seen Rusty I don't know I don't remember hearing about this I feel like that would have been a big deal but he he was found um he basically he made it almost a mile away and then he was re relocated um to the Smithsonian's Conservation Biology Institute in front, front Royal Virginia uh, with his mate. <laughs> I have to say that would be like the best day ever if you found like a weird exotic escaped animal from a national zoo, from like a state or city zoo, not like some weird rich person. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh my God, I found them. I know. Like yeah. it's, it's like finding like a needle in a haystack. Exactly. I got him. Um <laughs> and uh, in 2011, um an Egyptian cobra escaped for six days um, from, I believe, oh, I didn't put that in there, but I think that was also a New York Zoo. Um, but it became a really big like Twitter sensation because someone <laughs> created a Twitter account for it and it got all these followers and, and the account said, I want to thank those animals from the movie Madagascar. They were the real inspiration. <laughs> But then he ended up being found just a few hundred feet from his enclosure. So oh, so he's still in. The it zoo. wasn't even much of a yeah. Oh. <laughs> he didn't even get to enjoy much. 
um, in 2015, oh, this one was good because there was like, there was a video of it. Um, two llamas escaped from a show and tell in Arizona and they were roaming the streets of Sun City, Arizona and until they were eventually lassoed by a cowboy. Nice. <laughs> and there was like this helicopter footage of it was and it was like basically like a, a car chase where it was just like following them and then people were trying to surround them but they would get too close and then they would take off and it was just funny because it's wow. like it's like you know we're you know we we say we're on top of the food chain but at times like this like we kind of look like the idiots you know I know <laughs> I mean I personally taken it back I have herded cattle myself before and um it's not easy have you lassoed cattle no I have not lassoed oh, okay. but I've certainly herded how because, do you herd cattle like what do you do because well see with them and a lot of farm type animals are just generally very skittish so they will just run from anything that kind of yeah. scares them and oftentimes they'll run in the opposite direction from where you would like for them to go. Okay. But because um, we lived in a flood zone and we had cows, if we knew it was going to be a heavy rain on occasion, we would try and transport them down the street, like a literal road to higher ground to a neighbor's farm. And oh. they, everyone would get out and you'd essentially just make like a human chain. Oh my and you'd God. you'd have like a tractor really or like a truck or something. And How many cows were there? I think we probably had like 15. So it wasn't that bad. But I remember one time one of them got out and my mom was like, go down there and try and see what you can do. <laughs> By yourself? With my brother. What the and, hell were you supposed to do? And um, it was like a freak thing where I think the gate didn't latch or something. And then this random dude in a dirt bike came by and he tried to help us. I think I was like literally eight years old and it, it didn't work out. But then I think my brother like outsmarted it and finally got it because he just kept going back and forth, back and forth, mm -hmm. back and forth. It wasn't going into the pasture. Oh, okay. And, and um, the, the guy in the dirt bike, I don't know what he was up to. I've never met him before. Just saw it, what was, we, it was it raining. Was <laughs> <laughs> it was raining. We're wearing our little raincoats. I think my mom was trying to get my dad to come help, but she was like, in the meantime, go figure this out. You know, and it, it didn't work out. <laughs> Eventually we got it in, but well, yeah, they like don't want to have time. anything to do with you. They'll just run away from you. They, they're, they're too scared. Yeah, I've that's... heard that sheep will run towards fire just to get away from you. Sometimes I don't know. Wow, I'm, they're they're not. Uh, they don't have a ton of smarts. I mean, can you blame them? <laughs> All the lamb chops that we eat. <laughs> Unless you're the one that feeds them, like they don't want to yeah. have anything to do with you. Wow. Well, that is that is a very interesting fact that I don't think I even knew about you. <laughs> I mean, I knew you had cows. I just didn't know you had to like physically heard them <laughs> yeah I mean because you just because they could get stuck in the mud by the yeah well thing. and a lot of these stories where the the animals ended up dying were from heavy rain from yep. flooding it was so sad mm -hmm. so you just had to be as preemptive as you could to try and make sure that they were safe yeah but it was a pain yeah but um and then the final escape was in um escape. that I have you know the highlights <laughs> 
were, was in 1979 in an LA zoo, a wolf named Virginia somehow managed to shimmy up a tree trunk oh and escaped by walking on a thick tree branch. Uh, she was never recaptured. So well, she deserves it. Yeah. She deserves her freedom. I know. Right. At that I, point, she's climbing a tree. Yeah. Like, um, my, my husband, his, they had a Rottweiler who apparently was able to do that. Like how in the world can well, they have those crazy videos on like TikTok of those dogs, like flipping in the air, like real high and stuff. Maybe it's something like that. Yeah. I would just think like, you know, if you're obviously if you're thinner and like, you know, like a squirrel or something, but like a big ass Rottweiler, like <laughs> getting all that body weight up a tree, but I guess with their claws and I don't know, their strength. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But that was, that was it for me. I was hoping to have more of a story with the zebras. Like, <laughs> Well, you will keep us surprised of the situation. Yes, sure. I, I just I had to do some sort of coverage of it because, I mean, come on, how it's really you strange. Do animals yeah. running around? That's a really weird. That is so strange, and and they're just essentially trying to get it back to this guy. Yeah. And like, I wonder, is he going to be fined or is there? I know be... he should be because imagine yeah. it's expensive to have to try and capture these things. Yeah. Like it's kind of potentially neglect. I feel like it kind of like slipped under the radar a little bit. I mean, you know, there were some, like every article pretty much just said like the same, like basic information. I guess there's not much else to report on, you know, unless they, something bad were to happen to him, I guess. I hope not. I mean, I, hopefully I like they're zebras. like close, close by, you know, like, I guess they're not going to run off too far. It sounds like, but I mean, they're fast. Yeah. They're, they're literal wild horses. Yeah. But at least they're easy to spot. <laughs> you know? uh, yes. Like how many white true. and black they, they horses. Cannot, they cannot blend in very well here. <laughs> All right. They're going to stick out. <laughs> Well, that's okay. Every now and again, having a short topic is good. Yeah, you know. Well, thank you very much. I had no idea. And um, I will be asking you periodically. Well, you know, uh, you should take your husband because he likes to see the exotic animals. (laughs) Well, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that would be a free like trip to the zoo, but they're not. you know but they're in the wild how often do you get to see yeah why your own backyard (laughs) you might have to do some trespassing but that's okay no (laughs) all right well uh well no to the trespassing now yeah but um well anyway we'll catch us on instagram and facebook um on this is the part i don't get and email us if you found a wild zebra in your backyord (laughs) or a python (laughs) yeah or a python they they did catch the python which is good i'm Um, assuming that was like a uh that had to be someone who just were like you know what we can't take care of this thing it got way too big but please find someone to take it someone will take this thing i call not it (laughs) (laughs) yeah not us but somebody will but yeah email us at the part i don't get at gmail.com and we will be back in two weeks yeah thanks for listening yeah Bye. bye